Well, welcome to our fellowship podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some things after the sermon. So we're going to be diving back into Deuteronomy 12 through 16 and looking at a couple points that we didn't quite cover in the sermon from Sunday. So we hope that you'll enjoy this and this will be a blessing to you. All right, so we're going to jump back into Deuteronomy 12 through 16 and look at a couple different things that we did quite cover in this passage. Now, we mentioned that the that Moses gives this requirement on the the eating of of meat. He talks about not eating the blood uh, of the meat. In fact, if we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 12, you can see this. It says, when the Lord your God extends your border, as he's promised you, and you say, I will eat meat because you desire to eat meat, then you will eat meat, whatever you desire. Um, but a little bit further down, it, it says, only be sure not to eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you should not eat the life with the flesh. You shall not eat it. You shall, not, you shall pour it out on the ground like water. You shall not eat it so that it may be well with you and your sons after you, for you will be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Now, that seems like a very strange thing for us to talk about. And why in the world would we uh, not be allowed to eat the blood that's in the meat? And we also had to ask, um, does this still apply today? Are we still required to uh, eat our meat with, with no blood in it? Does that mean that we need to cook our steaks uh, well done every time? Now, for you guys that like well done steaks, that's probably good news to you. But for the rest of us that don't uh, that like a medium or medium well, um, it, it probably is a little sad. You're wondering like, man, I, I, that kind of takes the flavor out. So what what's going on here? What's going on? In, in this particular passage. Well, you notice that in this uh, in the passage in, in Deuteronomy, he talks about life being the blood. Now, that goes back very, very far in the Bible, all the way back to the book of Genesis. And even going back to Genesis 4 and the killing of uh, Abel by Cain. If we go back to Genesis 4, 8 through 11, we can see that God asked um uh, Cain, where his brother Abel is, and and um, he says, "I'm am I my brother's keeper?" Then God says, "What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground." So there's this sense that um, that the blood of Abel's on the ground, and his uh, his life has been um, shed, and now and Cain is responsible for for that life. Um, even later in the book of Genesis, we see that when um, uh, Noah is given the ability to uh, eat meat, um, it, uh, God prefaces it by saying, only you shall not eat uh, its flesh with its life, um, that is its blood. Now, surely I will require your lifeblood from every beast. Um, I will require it and from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by uh, man, his blood shall be shed. Um, and Leviticus 17 um, also picks up this idea um, uh, where it says uh, not eating the blood. Um, he says, uh, and any man from the house of Israel and from the aliens who sojourn among them who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among the people for the life of the flesh is in the blood. 
and I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for its blood is the reason its life makes atonement. So, um, what is going on here? Um, what What's the principle that we can take? What do we uh, need to see? Well, I do want us to see one thing that I think God's trying to say uh, to us. And um, though it may not be the main point, I, I think it is something that we should remember and try to apply. Life is precious, uh, no matter what life that is, whether that's human life or animal life. Now, it's very clear in the Bible that uh, that human life is much, much more precious. We can eat animals. We cannot eat human beings. But uh, still, God is saying something when he's saying that this this animal that you're going to eat, that I'm giving to you as a gift, that you're not supposed to eat its blood. It's a certain sense in that I think there's supposed to be a respect for um, all of life, including animal life. And that as Christians... Um, where we shouldn't overshoot in our, our respect of animal, animal life. We shouldn't undershoot either. We need to make sure that we uh, are uh, kind and um, careful and respectful of animals, even animals that may give their life um, uh, for our food. We should remember in some ways where our food comes from and that it costs something. Because in the very beginning of creation, it wasn't like this, that, that that Adam and Eve were not allowed to uh, to eat meat, and really, it's not until the time of Noah that that's really allowable under God's standards. Uh, so there was a time when when eating meat was forbidden, and then God allows that allows that for human beings to do that, and yet we should realize that um, that when it comes to animals and in their life, we need to be see them as precious. And we need to have some respect for it. And um, we need to treat animals with kindness. Now, again, this is um, not the major point of the book of Deuteronomy, but I do think it's a principle that we should put into place. So that can affect us in a couple of different ways. I mean, it can affect us in, in oh, when we do um, scientific experiments on animals. Now, I don't think that that means we can never do a scientific experiment on an animal or test products on animals. Um, but I, I do think that we need to think about those things, that it shouldn't just be an easy answer, that we um, should not take the, the animal's life and uh, see it as cheap um, or, or just see it as a non-living a product like a piece of wood or a rock. They're different. They, they do have value. They do have meaning. And so we as Christians should make sure that we are treating animals with dignity and kindness that, um, at, uh, and also understanding that we as God's image bearers have dominion over them. So we can use them for different things. Um, you, we have used animals for um, uh, travel. We have used animals for farming. We have used animals for food. And all those things are perfectly fine, but it should be done with a respect and it should be uh, done with a dignity. Um, now, this, again, connecting both the, um, the, uh, the passage in Deuteronomy and the passage in Leviticus, you see um, because Moses is writing Deuteronomy in, with Leviticus in mind, um, that part of the reason that the life is not 
or the blood is not to be eaten is because that blood is to be used for for atonement that that it represented the life of this this creature and so during those atonement ceremonies and those atonement uh, sacrifices the blood was poured out and it was meant to be the uh, uh the picture of this people that this life was given for your life that instead of your life given for your sins that this animal's life was given um uh, for for your for your sins. Um, so that, of course, makes us look forward to the New Testament in Jesus Christ, who comes and gives his life, sheds his blood for the atonement of, of our sin. In fact, in John's gospel, John mentions that when Jesus was uh, punctured in his, in his side, that his um, uh, blood uh, and water came out. Um, Jesus, of course, in establishing uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, says with his little cup of wine that this is the blood of the new covenant. Um, so there is a new agreement with God, a new relationship with God um, that comes not from the blood of animals, but uh, from the, the blood of Jesus. Uh, Hebrews, very uh, it goes into grander detail and it, it talks about how the blood of bulls and goats can never atone for our sins and that um, Jesus comes into the Holy of Holies, not the temple, but the Holy of Holies in heaven that the temple was designed after and he brings his own blood. So in, in, in that is, is not, it, we're not to think as much in the, you know, the physical substance of blood, but we are to think of blood as representative of his uh, of his life, uh, both his righteous living and also his sacrificial uh, atoning death. That from Jesus's birth to Jesus's uh, resurrection is the fullness of what he accomplished to redeem us. Um, it, and so it is on the cross that it is most clearly seen. Um, that the judgment of God comes uh, on the, the sins of mankind through Jesus. But we need to recognize that Jesus's life of righteousness and perfection is the reason that he can actually atone for his sin. And of course, his resurrection um, shows that he that all that he has done has fully accomplished that. Now, again, we're, we're going back to Deuteronomy chapter 12 and the, this, this blood of this animal not eating that. Um, you can see how there are how it's connecting to several different areas of the Bible, both in the Old Testament, going back to Genesis and the New Testament and the crucifixion of Jesus. And, and so that that just kind of tells us that as we're reading the Bible, sometimes we read through a passage like that. We and we kind of possibly get confused. Um, we get um, we don't know what to do with it. And so we skip over it. And, and really there's, there's, there's worth and value in taking our time and diving in and asking some questions about why, the, why this is. Why is this law here? Why, why did God give this? Is this just kind of a random thing that doesn't apply anymore? Uh, are there any principles I can take out of that? And that, that takes time, that takes effort, that takes reading. But honestly, it is really good for us. And I would encourage you to do that. Now, one of the best ways to do that is, is to use a good study Bible. 
there are several out there that that you can use that can be really good. Um, like the ESV study Bible is it's really good. The Reformation study Bible is also very useful. Um, there's one also called like the gospel centered study Bible that is less in depth in the details, but just kind of points everything back to Jesus. Uh, those are very good and useful tools, um, especially uh, uh, it, it, it uses the teachings and the abilities of, of experts um, that can just open up a little bit and give a little bit more explanation to those things. So um, there's more in Deuteronomy 12 through 16 that we could definitely dive into. But I just wanted to point out that that verse and, and the, maybe the strangeness of it and um, pull back the curtain a little bit and let's see a little bit deeper. So I um, hope this has been enjoyable for you and we will see you next time as we talk about the things after the sermon.